Hallelujah. Well, we are going on in the ministry of the apostle. Father, thank you for your blessing today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now, before I, we're, we're going on, the next thing is, uh, of the ministry of the apostle is war. Yes, war. Let's read it. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 12. Glory to God. I will keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm, the, I'm reading from the NIV. Do you have the NIV? Too slow, too slow, too slow. In order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us, in the things they boast about. You know, what Paul said was that I'm going to continue doing certain things to cut the ground from under. I'm going to remove the ground on which they stand. I'm going to cut the ground so that certain people can stand and cannot persist and or exist in our midst. You see, now who are these who is going to cut the ground from? I hope you are reading the Bible with me. The next verse, verse 13. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. Amen. Now, an apostle is someone, your apostolic ministry is going to be a ministry of war. Where you're going to always have to fight with something, for something, or about something. Now, one of the difficult things of the apostles' fight is that the people who are enemies, all right, put on this light so your video is better. Mr. Video Man, be conscious of the work you are doing, all right? Be conscious of the work you are doing. Your screen is dark. Our faces are dark. You can't see the face even in the video. The face looks like a dark shadow. So this light is supposed to be on. That one is also supposed to be on. So that improves the video picture. All right? All right. I told you knowledge is important in an apostle's work. Amen. Now, 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 now. Such people, all right, like fighting, you see, if your enemy was clear, hey, I'm the enemy, that would be something different. But these enemies are masqueraders. They are false apostles, deceitful workers, 
Masquerading. Masquerading. What does it mean to masquerade? Uh, dictionary people. Like you're pretending, isn't it? Those who pretend. Deceitful workers. So a good apostle get ready to fight the false and the fake. All right? Who is this? All right. It would be so nice if the enemy was to declare himself as an enemy. But the enemies, most of the time, in the church, does not come out openly as an enemy, but presents as a masquerader all right? Masquerade. Wow. Assemble in masks. To conceal with masks, to disguise. So there are disguised enemies in our midst. And when we started this camp, I shared with you the first thought of an evil and wicked person is that I know you. Which doesn't sound evil. It doesn't sound like an evil thing for somebody to say, but I know you. But it is. And that is why Jesus said, you don't know me. You don't know me. If you knew me, you would know my father. You don't know me. And so, masquerading members and masquerading pastors who always present themselves as good people become one of the prime enemies of a real apostle. It's a false apostle. Alright? And so, Paul who said, I am not in any way less than any other apostle. I've had to encounter deceitful workers, false apostles, false pastors. You get it? And deal with them. All right? Now, verse 14. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So when Satan is coming, he comes as an angel of light, like he's a really good person. So this is the problem, and that is where you see that the fight is not with something outside, something far away, but the fight is something within which looks like one of us. So the first problem is to find who is masquerading 
and then to deal with the masqueraders. All right? So you will notice that I have written a number of books which will not be important until you start your apostolic ministry. But when you do start your apostolic ministry, you will suddenly or soon enough come across those who accuse you but are around. One of the greatest accusers of pastors is their is the wives. Yeah, see, and, and that's not an enemy. It's not an overt enemy. Yeah. The whole point is that the, the apostle is fighting things that are officially part of what you are doing. Is fighting false apostles, deceitful workers, masqueraders, those who accuse you. And those who accuse you always come with a very self-righteous presentation. Those who brought the woman who had been caught in sin. I mean, they came as good guys. Hey, man, you know, we don't want to have this kind of immorality amongst us. You know? They were masqueraders. And Jesus exposed them. So, okay, okay, okay. The first guy who hasn't done that should kill her. And no problem, I accept that we should kill her. And the masqueraders were exposed because the first one who hasn't done that was not there. They were all there. Are you listening to me? So you have those who accuse you. Then you have those who pretend. Which is what Paul is saying. That this is what he's fighting all the time. Those who pretend. Then you have those who are ignorant. Ignoramuses are dangerous people. To have an ignorant man in charge of things, you've got a whole lot of problems. Because he doesn't know much. And with his limited knowledge, he is fighting things. For instance, you know, you have sometimes people who say that they found a sin in the church and that their duty is to expose it and to uh, correct it. You see, that is a nice thought you are having, but it's also evil. Because you cannot correct upwards. The shepherd is not corrected by the sheep. A shepherd is corrected by the shepherd. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Not and corrected by God who put him there. But you, you cannot correct the pastor. You, you cannot correct me. That's not the role that we, we, we are playing. You see, when you go to court, there's a judge, there's accused, whatever, they are all sitting there, and there's a congregation. You can't get up in the middle of the trial and say, no, you are guilty. You are guilty, you are guilty. Go, go to prison. It, 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 it's, not, it's not your role. That, that thing, the one who will say you are guilty, is, is given only to the judge, not to just people who think whatever they think. So in the church, you can't get up and start declaring judgments and passing out judgments and say you are cleaning up the church. 
hear what I'm saying? Who appointed you to clean up the church? You are just an accuser and a fool. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. So one of the, the difficulties is that an apostle is fighting enemies who masquerade as friends and masquerade as members and as masquerade as brothers. So it's the, the main work is to uncover them. Yes. And that's why there are so many different books to uncover such characters. Because they are cleverly planted within the church. Those who are ignorant. Those who forget. And a person who forgets, and there's, I wrote a book for each one, because I'm also an apostle. I wrote a book for each of the false apostles. These are all false apostles, those who forget. Because if you forget all that has been done for you, that has been done for your family, that has provided you with a church and God and many blessings, even the music and your life as Christians, what would you be and where would you be? And if you forget about all that and start saying all sorts of things, you are one of those who forget. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10, I believe, that God is not unrighteous to forget your work of and your labor of love. That means, look at this verse. Are you looking? I hope I'm in the right place. I hope I'm not like soliloquizing or just dreaming to myself. It says that God is not unrighteous to forget. That means when you forget things, okay, you are unrighteous. So it says that God is not like that. God is not an unrighteous person. But you see, normally you wouldn't say that somebody who forgets is unrighteous. You'd rather say that oh, somebody who commits fornication is unrighteous. Somebody who commits adultery is unrighteous. Somebody who is a liar is unrighteous. Somebody who is a thief is unrighteous. So it's quite unusual to say that somebody who forgets is unrighteous. And that's why people masquerade in the guise of someone who seems to just, or the only thing he seems to have done is to have forgotten. And that's not so serious. Just forgetful. But it's a serious mistake to forget your work of labor and love. And that's why in our church, we try to remember everybody's labor of love. At the headquarters of the church, we have a place where every pastor who has ever died of the church right there's a plaque you may not know that we call it the wall of remembrance every pastor who has ever ever been a pastor who has died there's a plaque on a wall a special wall at the headquarters of the church in fact that whole thing is about to move to another special place to remember every single person who has been amongst us who has worked amongst us who has labored amongst us. 
Yes. Because you must remember everybody's contribution. When your mommy died, your mommy was Lily. You may not know that she's called Lily, but that's what we call her. I, I'm, I am not somebody who goes to funerals much. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, there's so much of a ceremonial person. My wife is more tuned to that sort of thing. But when your mommy died, I said, I will go to this funeral. Because when we started the church, see, an apostle has some things that he remembers. When we started the church, five people or so, whatever, she was one. But she talked to your daddy. Your daddy didn't want to join the church. Because your daddy was, he was a Ghanaian, whatever, and so on. He had, I don't know what experience. But your mommy told him that, no, he's a good man. I was in Kolebu with him. It's a good church. And she stood for it. And she was one of the only people. She stood, and then her husband eventually was part and also became a pastor. When she died, I said, oh, you know, there are few, a, a, a founder or an apostle, he remembers people at the beginning when you are few. When you are plenty, it's a little different, but the few people, oh no. So I flew all the way for that. You rarely find me flying somewhere for a funeral. Rarely. <laughs> it's not common. But for her, I said I'll be there to honor her. Yes. God does not forget the things you do. And you will remember. So people who don't, who forgotten. Recently you see some people insulting me, calling me dogs, calling me the devil, calling me whatever. They, they seem to have forgotten a whole lot of things that they themselves have said. That, that seems to be, they seem to be suffering from amnesia. Yes, if they were not suffering from those who forget. He said, I'm, I'm one of the greatest, one of them said, I'm one of the greatest minds to walk this earth. And then now he says, I'm what? The devil or a dog or whatever he says that he said. But at, at one point you've forgotten that he said, I'm one of the greatest minds to walk this earth. I didn't even know that he said such thing. Oh, yes. Dedicating books to me, you've forgotten so it's like your mind is not working. You see at a point that uh, people forget, but you think that forgetting is not a really a big thing. But when you see the extent to which people can go when they forget, then you realize that forgetting is a really serious thing. And we need to remove the mask and say, this is a false thing. It's not a correct thing. A person who cannot remember, you know, look at my mother. You know, every week I go to my mother without fail. Once I'm there, I'll be there. I'll sit down with her. Even now her memory is fading, but I still sit with her. I take, I can show you hundreds of pictures I take with my mother every week. Oh, yes. You know, one day my mother told me something. That time I, I went to work at 
hospital for the first time as a student, I think. And it was a horrible place, the hospital. Horrible. Dirty. You don't, when I go to the hospital, I don't want to touch anything. When I touch, I don't want to. Have you ever been in a bathroom? You don't want your skin to touch. So I came to visit, I happened to come to visit my mother and I told her I was in this pediatric ward working there. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a house of size student. And she told me I've slept there many times. I said, what? You slept there? She said, yes, with you. (laughs) Me? She said, many, many, many nights. Many nights she slept at that pediatric ward. That place I was saying is a dirty place. Because I wasn't well. A white woman who has come from Europe in 1963. Eh? She, she told me that the most frightening thing was she has been told from Switzerland before she came that when a mosquito bites you, you will die. So she used to sit up in the night, afraid where the mosquito can bite her. You can't imagine what it was like for a young girl to come, and she was taken straight to a place called Jamestown. Yes. Oh, yes. In Africa. <laughs> And then she said, I slept with you there. You, you, dad. Yeah. When I talk about my mother, I always want to cry. It's true. When I was starting the church, and I was doing church thing, she didn't know what I was doing, because she wasn't really a Christian or anything. She became a Christian later. But because I was doing it, she, she supported it. She didn't know what I said. I'm doing that. She would help me. <laughs> she just helped me. Yeah. Oh, yes. Is it today that I will forget what my mother has been to me and has done for me? It will be a dangerous thing. It may not be called lying or stealing or murder, or something, is called unrighteousness in the eyes of God. Yes. And you may say, oh, but every mother does that. You are, you are talking as a wicked person. It's a responsibility. What do you mean by that? Mm. <laughs> yes. False and wicked men Deceitful workers, masqueraders, is the duty of an apostle to uncover them. And that is why the book, those who forget, those who accuse you, when somebody is accusing you, the person sounds right. The person sounds right. (sighs) Till you say the other side. And you explain in, in point. That's why I'm sitting here. I say, any question you have to ask at all about anything, you ask me, I'll answer you. 
Ask me any question. I'll answer you. I've sat for days. Whatever question, anybody, anything that comes to your mind, you can ask. It's not a stupid question. I'll answer you. Who are proud. It's another group. They are all false apostles. The false, the deceitful workers. It's your duty to uncover them and expose them and fight them. Paul said, I'm cutting the ground from under them. I'm cutting the ground. Not let them be around and flourish here. Those who are proud. And what other group again? Those who are dangerous sons. <laughs> Son, all right, but dangerous. A dangerous son is a son who can attack his own father who brought him. There's a saying in British politics that he who holds the dagger cannot wear the crown. Yes. What they are saying is that the person who attacks the prime minister or betrays him and turns against him cannot be voted or would not be voted to replace him because he's the one who betrayed him. Yes. Yeah. Because you held the dagger. Because you were the one who turned against him. Because you know something like they, are all, they always betray each other. So they, they turn against each other when they are in power. Yes. And they are saying that the one who holds the dagger cannot wear the crown. So that's a rule. What is the name of this uh, uh, American general? Um, Benedict Arnold. Yeah. Benedict Arnold. Arnold Benedict or Benedict Arnold. Yeah. He was a, an American uh American general and a very good general. Washington was uh, loved him, liked him, but he betrayed America. He's seen as the greatest betrayer of all. And he said that name is not used in America. Not get people called Benedict because of this man. And when he betrayed America to the British. He went over to the British side, and the British made him also a general or something high. But the British soldiers refused to work well under him. So he's a traitor. And they don't want to serve a traitor. Even though he was a traitor to the enemy, he's still a traitor. A traitor is a traitor is a traitor is a traitor. Oh, una rata. Not to be trusted. So, dangerous son, Absalom, he 
took an army to chase his father. But he didn't know that his father had one more trick up his shoulder that he didn't know. Because you see, I, I know you, but you don't know me. I know you, but you don't know me. I can chase him. You can chase him. I'm not a nice enemy to have. Oh, yes. I'm not a nice enemy to have. And you shouldn't be a nice enemy. You should be a kind of enemy that the enemy will think about it very carefully when he wants to fight you. Oh, yes. That's how the Japanese were. That's why they brought the nuclear bomb. Because every island where they went, the Japanese were there and they were trying to move them. The way they fought with them, they realized they have met a type of intractable enemy. And you must let the enemy know that you are fighting a certain kind of enemy. And you must be a type of enemy that the enemy will not want to fight. Oh, yes. So an apostle is also a man of fighting masqueraders, which is different from fighting an army that clearly you see all that place is the enemy. That's different. That this one is here. The enemy is here. It's like walking in a minefield. You press here, you press it, then boom. You walk here, you walk here, boom. And it's like you are walking in the midst of mines and bombs. So it's not that the enemy is clearly defined on that side. But the enemy is inside. That's what we call the fifth column. Yes. When you are trying to build a church, the enemy is not far away. The enemy is sitting, maybe sitting on the front row. a pastor was preaching and his wife had made her face. She was sitting in the front and she had made her face. He told her, get up. Get up and go to the back. Get up and go to the back. <laughs> oh, yes. He told her, get up and go to the back. <laughs> oh, yes. A real story. Real story. So apostles, they fight a special kind of war. They fight with masqueraders. They fight who are also called apostles, but they are not real apostles. Yes. So it's like hide and seek and discovering and uncovering. That's where all these books come from. Because it's to teach you that, oh, this nice person who is proud is dangerous. Or this son who is dangerous is dangerous because of this. This one who is pretending is also dangerous. This one who has forgotten is dangerous. Those who, those who don't, 
If I could have written a book, I could have written those who don't say thanks. How can I say thanks? I could have also called it those who don't say thanks. Oh, yes. And those who honor you, yes. Those who don't honor. If I'm your father, where is my honor? So the absence of honor shows something dangerous. And you see, since I've been in the first half, the first half church honors me more than the, the grown-ups. Don't tell them. The first half church honors me more than the grown-ups. Oh, yes. But you see, you may not know that a lack of honor is a dangerous thing. Yes, but it's a very dangerous thing. Yes. Jesus said, I have not a devil, but I honor my father. It means that when you have a devil, you do not honor your father. Jesus said it. Put the scripture, I said, I have not a devil, but I honor my father. Look at it. I don't have a demon, but I honor my father. A person who dishonors his father has a demon in him. All the guys trying to dishonor me to write stories, negative things about somebody who has been their father. This Bible says that I have not a devil, but I honor my father and you do dishonor me. It's a clear sign of the presence of a devil. If you want to know the manifestations of demons in people, one of the manifestations is somebody who dishonors his father. Doesn't that? Anybody here who bring your father out into a public and whip him or disgrace him or embarrass him, you are filled with demons. You are filled with evil spirits. You're doing that to your biological father who brought you to this world. I don't even want to use an I could I could use an example, God forbid, that if I say that you take your father there, your father who has looked after I don't want to even use that example. It, it's so it's so demonic. It's so demonic when you see somebody rising up to dishonor his father. There's nothing more demonic than that. Yes. It's a sign clearly. He said, I, I don't have a devil. The, read the verse before. They were trying to tell Jesus that he has a devil. A man, 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 verse before. Then answer the Jews and says, Say not well that thou art a Samaritan and has a devil. They were trying to say that Jesus rather has a demon in him. And then Jesus answered them, I don't have a devil, but I honor my father. I don't know the evidence that I don't have a devil. What's happening? Verse 8. Okay, move away, move away from there, move away from there. Just leave there.
All right. Now, this scripture is frightening. How many realize that there's some frightening feeling? Yes. It's a scary feeling. Yes. It's just those who are essential should go. The rest should just come back to where you are, right? Disrupting the meeting. I have not a devil, but I honor my father. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for healing for our sister. In Jesus' name, amen. So apostles are fighters, but you are a different kind of fighter. It's sort of, it's sort of like fighting from house to house. It's called urban warfare. It's not something like the, the enemy is there. Shoot the enemy and bomb the enemy. You go street to street, house to house, and differentiate the civilians from soldiers and shoot the soldiers and leave the civilians and you go to the next street, and the next street. You could just bomb, flatten the whole city, but you can't do that. Yes, you can't do that. And that's how it is to fight, you get it, in, as an apostle, is to fight all these kind of things. And you see, it's unfortunate, but it's a real thing. It says such people are false apostles Deceitful workers masquerading as apostles of Christ. Yes. And such people may have titles, titles like bishop, reverend. And sometimes you even wonder if you insult somebody and say somebody is evil, who even gave you the title? Then why do you still use the title? Since he's such a foolish person. Do you understand the logic? Why do you use the title? Say you say the man is Satan, he's this, he's that. And why do you use the title that he gave you? Hmm. Then you have one of you is a devil. It's another book like that. Again, there's 12 disciples. Everybody seems the same. Everybody seems to be good. But then Jesus fearlessly told only 12 people, one of you is a devil. Like one of you is a seriously problematic person. <laughs> he wasn't preaching to a big congregation. Just 12 people. And he told them clearly. You say, I'm not, I'm not and this is the, our great the apostle of our faith. He said clearly, one of you is a devil. Yes. One of you is a living devil. 
want to be an apostle? How many believe the apostolic anointing is coming on you? Huh? Oh, yes. Then get ready to stand before just a small group and point out that one of you, there's something wrong with you, seriously. Devils are in you. Yes. And uncover, uncover, uncover the masqueraders in our midst. And even, even if the symptom is as small as those who are proud, or as small as those who forget, or as small as those who are ignorant, or as small as, 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 as disloyalty, what we call disloyalty, one of those things, you still have to know how to diagnose it and cover it and disallow it. Like what did Paul say? He says, I am cutting the ground from the under of such people. Look at the scripture. Beautiful scripture. I'm cutting the ground from under them. Scripture man, scripture man. I will keep on doing what I'm doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. And that's one of the things. They consider themselves equal. Oh, yeah. One of the main things I noticed about Orangos is that they say that, look, I'm also a founder of a church now. Sorry. Sorry. You see, but you are my fruit. You are the evidence of my apostleship. All of you. And all the pastors and the bishops and the churches. Bible says you shall know them by their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. So you don't know me by my face or by even my words or by my speeches. But you know me by my fruits. And you are my fruits. fruit. All of you here in America, if I'm a bad person, you are my fruits. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Paul said, I will continue to cut the ground from under those who are some way. And who want to show that they are the same as me. Yes. They want to be co-equals. No problem. No problem. And that's my books. They uncover all masqueraders. I've written a new one, Those Who Are Offended. Oh, yes. Has it been launched yet, Those Who Are Offended? Ah, okay. It's there. I don't know why they haven't launched it. Yes. Those who are offended. Yeah. 
Because it is offense that creates a lot of this funny behavior. Yes, people are offended. Yeah. Offense creates monsters. Yeah. You know, when John the Baptist preached that message, that powerful message about adultery and taking people's husbands, it really pained Herod's wife. Uh, you know? <laughs> I mean, she, 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 she was not happy with that message at all. She was not happy with that message at all. So when there was a birthday party, eh? when there was a birthday party, you get it? And uh, the daughter came to ask him, daddy says he'll give me anything. I mean, can you believe what she asked for? She wants a plate of head soup. African soup. Why is African soup? This is a real soup. Head, head soup. She wanted a plate of head soup. She was going to eat John the Baptist's head with a fork and knife. And drink with a spoon his blood. Because the, the head is full of blood. She's going to do the soup. And have head soup and cut John the Baptist's nose. And pick out his, his eyes. With her fork. Was she not a monster? How did she become a monster? She was offended. She was offended. That's why you don't have to allow offense to step into your life. Because when you are offended, you change into a monster. All these people attacking me offended about something. And then they turn into monsters. Completely different from how they used to be. Oh, yes. Yes. And sometimes offended, unjustifiably offended. It's but you true. just have to be careful. Offense is a very dangerous spiritual yes. weapon. Yes. And Jesus said, as for offenses, they will come. Wow. It's not possible to stay in a church without being offended. Wow. If you're not offended today, you'll be offended tomorrow. If you're not offended this year, you'll be offended next year. If you're not offended in this season, you'll be offended in the next it's season. True. It's part of being around. Yeah. Yeah, so if you? offense can take you out... Hmm then you got a serious problem. Oh, then it's just a matter of time before you'll be earmarked and you'll be touched. Hey. And you'll be offended. Yes, by you something. Hey. I, I feel like I'm talking to oh, myself. You're helping us. You're helping us. You're helping us. Preach it. Come on. Hey, we came for this. You see, preaching has different effects. Yes, preaching has different effects. Now, in the book of Revelation, The Bible says in Revelations chapter 11. Verse 10. 
And they that dwell on the earth shall rejoice over them. That's the two prophets. And send gifts one to another. Because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. You see, the prophets preaching, it tormented people. So this message on loyalty and disloyalty, it torments people. Yes. It torments people. When I was in Cameroon, I met with a pastor, I mean a group of just three of them. They all have their own churches. I, I never met them. He told me, he said in the year 2000 and something, he was part of a church. And the church uh, had a major orangu. And he was one of the disciples of the orangu. So this orangu man broke away from the church. Somebody said, how can I call somebody who's created in the image of God an orangu? Jesus said, call people foxes. He said, go and tell that fox whatever. Don't, Don't even start. Orangu is even bigger than a fox. He called people vipers. So it's just a pet name for disloyal people. It's a a pet name. It's a nickname. nickname. It's a, you know. Anyway, so this Orangu guy took him. Then, I don't know, somebody came around with my books. Mm. Loyalty and disloyalty. And then gave the books to the church. Then the Orangu leader, he came and said, nobody should read this book. He said, nobody should read this book. Yes, he he said, no one should read this book. And the other, the head pastor of the other church made made people read it. And he came and he said, nobody should read this book. So now, the Orangu pastor traveled somewhere. They said that when he traveled, it occurred to him that why did he say that he shouldn't read the book? Mm. He wants to read it. So he read he read it. When he saw it, he said, ah, I've done something wrong. Mercy. Now, listen. The Orangu pastor, the man who had led them out, came back and had a meeting with them. Then suddenly he looked at him in the meeting and said, you have read the book. <laughs> said, you have read the book. You have read the book. And he didn't ask him any question, but he knew that the guy has read it. As he was sitting there, he said, no, you have read the book. You have read the book. And the guy said, I've read it. I've read it. And I'm not joining you again. But I was, I was amazed the way the guy looked at him and said, just by looking at his face, he said, you have read that book. <laughs> the sense, the sense. <laughs> you don't have to be worried about this message. You see, the Bible says that the prophets that tormented them, it torments people. Some people. And some people are happy. Yes. I went to preach somewhere 
loyalty. And then afterwards, the pastor told me it was powerful. And another pastor came and acknowledged me. And, uh, but when I left, he asked the pastor who was there that, why is he preaching this? Who told him that we are quarreling in this church? And then I was invited the next year again. But you know, I had forgotten what I preached the year before. So I preached exactly the same thing. And the same pastor came, shook hands. Thank you very much. But when I went, he told the pastor, uh, does he not have any other message to preach? But the pastor enjoyed my message and invited me the third year. Yeah. And when I went, I preached the same message again. Because I couldn't remember what I preached the year before. I preached loyalty. Then the other pastor came and shook my hand pretentiously as usual. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. So blessed. All right. When I left, he took the book and threw it on the floor in front of the senior pastor and stamped his leg on it. And he said, loyalty, loyalty, this is not a book. This is not a book. This is nothing. Because he was a lecturer in the university. So this is nothing. This is not a book. Now the pastor, the story is not over. The pastor told me, he said that some months later, he called him about something and the pastor started shouting on the phone. And then the senior pastor said to him, the pastor who invited me three times, he said, you cannot talk to me this way. You cannot speak this way to me. You are a drunkard. I took you from the street. I brought you to this church. I trained you. I appointed you, prayed for you, and made you a pastor. And today you are shouting at me and being rude. And the, the assistant pastor slammed the phone. So the senior pastor told me, he said, I called him back. I called him back. I said, you can't speak that way. You can't speak in this way. Then he said to him, you will never slam the phone on me again. You see, that was a case. You never slam the phone on me. He said the next week, the pastor was admitted to the hospital. He told me himself. And he told me, the leg, he told me, the leg that the pastor used to step on my book uh, was cut off in the hospital. Yes. He told me, he said, the leg that he used to stamp on the book was cut off. And after the leg was cut off, the pastor's condition deteriorated until he died. He said he never came back home. Oh, yes. Yes. And he was explaining to me, he said, the guy was disloyal. That is why he didn't like your message. Yes. He was tormented like the prophet the prophets we tormented those who were on the earth. You will never be tormented by the loyalty man. In fact, you will love it if you are loyal. You will love it and you will like it. Uh. Oh, yes.
says. It's all based on the Bible. If it's not based on the Bible, reject it. Throw it away. It's rubbish. If I teach you to honor your father, if I teach you to remember, I teach you to not have the characteristics of the devil. One of you is a devil and I teach you do not have those characteristics ever in your life. Have I not done you a favor to show you what is in the Bible? Are you here or you are leaving? We are here. So, a, a prophet, a, a, an apostle, is somebody who goes around removing the masks. Wow. One of my pastors told me he had a vision, a dream. In the dream, I'm an arm robber in the form of a ninja came to attack him. Do you know what a ninja is? Yeah. Covered with black, with a black yeah. hood. And he fought with him wow. in, the, in the vision. He fought with him. Hey. And when he fought with him, he was able to pin him down to the ground. Just the two pastors. Wow. That's the two, his pastor and the ninja. I didn't know who the ninja was. Wow. So when he pinned the guy down on the ground, then he held the top of the head and pulled it off. And do you know who it was? His assistant pastor. Mercy. Mercy. (laughs) It was his assistant. So, he called me and he told me, my assistant is an orangu. I said, yeah. It's an orangu. And, you know, this pastor... Some time ago, when I was dealing with some orangus, he thought I was being too harsh. Mm. But after he saw this ninja guy, mm. the type of treatment that he gave the guy, mm. and then he told me that you have been too lenient and too kind. You are too kind. You are too fatherly with this type of people. Oh, yes. You know, some years ago, I've always had singers. I've always had singers. Some years ago, I had a singer. All right? I could tell you her name, but I will not tell you her name. And then she had, uh, we had a guitarist. Wow. So there's this guy who played the guitar, and she would sing. So when I go to preach, she would sing. Not so good a singer, but that was what we had. You know? Oh yes. Oh yes. Are you are you should I should yeah, I continue listen, talking? We are here, we are here, we are here. Preach to us. Or I should say these things to other people. No. Anyway. So one day I also had a dream. Oh yes. Tell us. I had a dream. And in the dream, I was a boxer. Now, can you imagine me a boxer? Now, I was wearing, I think, red shorts in one corner. And my opponent was wearing blue shorts in the other corner. So then the referee rang the bell, bang, 
and we went, we started. Hey! I was, I was, I was a fighter, I tell you. I fought and fought and fought and fought. First round, second round, third round, I was fighting. And then suddenly, in the middle of the fight, there was no knockout. No, there was no knockout. I don't know who won the fight. But I'm sure I won the fight. But suddenly... <laughs> no, no, because the, because the vision wasn't to show who was winning. Okay. The vision was to show that I was fighting. Wow. So then I, I, I woke up. And I was lying either on the floor or on the bed, panting. <sighs> because, you see, in, in the realm of the spirit... You see, dreams are the original way that God communicates with teach humanity. Us, teach us. Well, even before the Holy Spirit was given. Wow. Teach us. Teach us. God will communicate to you through a dream. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, In fact, yes. you, can, you, you can receive an impartation and an anointing. Jacob received an, an anointing wow. in the dream. Solomon received his impartation in his wow. dream. It was in the dream that he received the impartation and the Amen. power and the wisdom to be wise and Amen. to build. It was in the dream. Yes. Anyway, so I was in this dream and then I woke up because <sighs> I had been in contact with the realm of the spirit. And I was thinking, ah, I've been fighting, boxing me. I'm not a boxer. How come I was fighting? Then I remembered who was the boxer? Who was the boxer? It was the girl who sings. Hey, what a shock. Now, you ask yourself, somebody who sings for you, you see, that's why I'm saying that an apostle is someone who fights masqueraders, pretenders, and people who are with you, around you, all the time, but are actually not really what they seem to be. The Bible calls it deceitful workers. Deceitful work. Because all these things work only with deception. Mm. So an apostle is fighting elements which are not clearly identified as enemies. Mm. And that is, that is the essence of that dream that I had. That I was, this person was playing the guitar. And, this one, and that's how come even those people are not in the church today. Because oh. some of the colleagues and mates and classmates of those people are in the church today. But those were people that were with me, but were not with me. Oh, yes. One day I went to visit a brother. Mm. I'm talking about masqueraders. Mm. You're helping us. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. I went to visit a brother. Okay. I was just about to knock on the door. When I got there, I was just about to. I did this. Then I stopped because I heard my name. Like this. Then I heard my name. When I heard my name, I stopped. And I listened. And I could hear my best friend who was talking about me. I I put my ear and I listened. I, I couldn't believe. You see, but God was giving me a divine revelation. Wow. Not all revelations are in visions. Yeah. Some revelations are in physical life. Wow. Listen, Paul said, 
You are a letter written by the Holy Ghost, not written with hands, but written by the Spirit. You, the human being. So there are human beings that you encounter is a revelation from God to encounter that human being. These people, he says, you you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. Anyone who sees it reads. Whatever these people have done to attack me or whatever, it's a letter written to all of you. Live, you see it live and colored. Practical letter to learn something from it. It's written by God. God is allowing you to read this letter today. Because a lot of the stories in the book on royalty, you don't know, you can't believe how true they are. Yeah. So God writes letters to you by making you meet people and have encounters with physical wow. human, real human beings. He writes one of the it's one of the ways God gives you revelation. Wow. Thank you. Oh yes. Thank you. It's one of the ways God Thank gives you, you. Re- revelation. As I'm walking in front of you now, I'm a revelation also Amen. to you. I'm a revelation I to you. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Are you there or you are leaving? We are here. We are here. We are here. So it's a great blessing. And um, when I heard my name, I said, wow. And there was another masquerader. Later on, he sat before me. And he said to me, you know, I wish I could take back all the things I've said about you. I didn't tell him what I had heard. I didn't tell him what I have heard. He said, I wish I could take back all the words I've said against you. Oh, yes. He should have been in this church today. But out of his own shame, Mm. for his own treachery. That's why Judas went and hung himself. Because he knew that, look, Charlie, there's no point in continuing. Mm. Yeah, it will not work. Mm. No one will trust me. I'm not trustworthy. I'm two-faced. I'm a double-timer. I'm dual. Mm. I'm two lives in one. Mm. I'm two people in one. Mm. I'm not to be trusted. Mm. No one can really trust me again. Mm. I'm really some way. Mercy. Oh, yes. Mercy. They're learning. Masqueraders. Mm. Uncover their, uncover and cut their ground from under them. Yes, Lord. So they have no stability Mm. around you. Cut the ground. Mm. And in America, we don't have to allow such things. Oh, yes. We don't have to allow such things. People who, who forget. Mm. <laughs> People who forget. People who are dangerous sons who attack oh. their fathers. Oh. Well, one guy said to me, you have, I've promoted you in America. Wow. I said, you've promoted me in America. How do you promote me in America? I don't know how you promoted me in America. What a shock. A few years later, he was calling me to bed. Hmm. Do not allow yourself to be deceived by false apostles. Okay. Okay. A person holding a dagger with blood on it that he has used to attack his own father. And he's saying, follow me, I'm a good apostle and I'm a good pastor. And the blood he has on his dagger and the blood he has on his hand oh. is his own father's blood who oh. appointed him and anointed him and prayed for him. And you can ever trust somebody with such a knife 
is he not the devil incarnate who is standing there? Wow. Is it not Jesus who said, I don't have a devil, but I honor my father? Wow. What else do you want to know? Before you know that the man is walking around with a knife and the blood, and ask, Wait, where is this blood from? Whose blood is this? Who have you attacked? Who have you killed? Who have you harmed? So the one who appointed me. The one who prayed for me. The one who gave me a job. The one who sent me on a mission. The one who brought me back. The one who took me to Malaysia, to Singapore, to Korea, to here, to here, to here. The one who has helped me to be in the profession of the ministry. That's the blood I'm holding. That's the knife I'm holding. And the person said, follow me. I am your, a new shepherd. I'm an apostle. Never follow an Absalom. Bible says 200 men followed Absalom in the innocence of their mind. Never follow an Absalom. Thank you. Never follow an Absalom. It's a good message. Absalom is a dangerous person. Mm. And no one here, I, I tell you, no matter who your father, anybody who comes, ah, don't mind him, this and that. Please, mm. you are too dangerous. Yeah, you are too dangerous. Yeah. You know, you should feel, you should feel the danger. The person is sitting down on a chair, mm. panting, Holding a knife like that. Huh? <laughs> and you are, you are happy to entertain such a person in your room, in your house. All right thinking people will not follow something like this. Yes, it's true. Very true. Say it. Say more. Are you there or you are leaving? We are here. We are here. Oh, yes. I hope those sitting at the back there are not those who are, I don't know, those who are ignorant or those who are proud or those who are whatever. Sit down. Wow. Oh, wow. We just have some few seconds left. Seconds. Let's do one song.
Who 
let's put our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. What a great blessing. Amen. Please sit down for just a moment, please.